Hello and welcome to M20 Humanity Podcast. We bring you stories of African trailblazers. My name is Maulid Hujale. I am 32 years old. I am a journalist and I focus mainly on humanitarian journalism. I was I was born in Somalia, but I didn't grow up in Somalia because of the civil war. I ended up in Kenya after the civil war. So many uh, Somalis, hundreds thousands of them, fled the country and to all over the world. But most of them crossed the border to Kenya. And for us, in my family, we didn't immediately leave Somalia because we thought there would be um, life would turn to normal. We left Kismayo, came close to the border to Kenya and stayed at the border for some time, hoping that things would uh, calm down and we will go back. But after realizing that it's not going um, anywhere, we decided in 1999, at the time I was about 10 years old, to cross the border to Kenya. And still, after settling in the Dab in northeastern Kenya, we were feeling and hoping that it would be temporary. And after a few years or a few months, we'll go back. But that temporary um, feeling ended up becoming permanent and we became um, f- permanent residents of the Dap refugee camp, uh, despite the fact that every year there was this tantalizing hope of going back, but it never happened. So that is why we ended up, and then the Dap became my second home. <laughs> For me, the dab was everything I knew as a child. I remember when I was coming in the first time, it was a night and I was in a lorry and we were approaching this camp called Ifo. Ifo is a Somali word meaning light. And I hear from my mother, from the people in the car, uh, talking about, oh, we will be um, going to Ifo, uh, we will settle there. And then it was in the night and we were driving and the driver of the truck decided to switch off his headlights because he was afraid of the police. And it was dark, but then there was these lights that were surrounding the camp. And it was beautiful from the outside. When you see these glowing uh, lights out of the darkness, and I felt like because Ifo is means light, and I, I see these 
light and I felt like I was so excited thinking that we came to a city of lights, it's a beautiful city, there's so many lights, its name is called Ifo and, 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 and I, was, I was somehow excited, I, this, I, was, I was a child and when I look back and I remember, it, 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 I, I feel really um, um, intrigued by that experience because those lights were the lights, uh, lampposts of the UN buildings only and the NGOs. And when we crossed and passed those lights, we entered this camp, which was silent, dark, and it was horrible. And you could feel the sense of desperation and the people in their tents, no lights, no nothing. People have slept like from six when the sun set. And these other lights is another contrasting world where the UN um, compounds and their generators and the lights and everything and and drinking their uh, having their drinks in the in, in their small pubs so it's a different world altogether so the camp itself lay flat dark and silent and we slept around the uh, area where we just alighted the 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 lorry and then in the morning we uh, slowly joined other relatives who welcomed us and we started building our um, uh, shelter and, and started life there. People from outside of the world know the Dab as just this one camp, but we've got different small settlements, Ifo, Dagahale, Hagadera, different um, people living in different parts of the, of the settings. Then after that I went to school, I started making new friends and I was excited about going to school because there was a sense of peace and I knew that in Somalia there's still gunshots and conflicts going on but at the same time there was this sense that I was missing, that I was still in a foreign land. Then uh, you talk about a child going to school, coming back, not having enough food to eat because food comes from the UN, nothing else that you, like you rely on handouts and it was challenging and, and, and I couldn't understand it in the beginning but later I, I realized that is um, what everyone was, was experiencing it was not just my family and myself and my life, but it was these whole people that were relying on food aid from outside who were not allowed to uh, work and to put food on their own table. And there was this day when something happened in the camp and because I said Dadaab is located in the border with Somalia and there's all these uh, cross-border attacks where um, armed men, like terrorist groups like Al-Shawab would cross the border to do something inside Kenya or even attack Kenyan security forces in the camp and then there's this, the, the, the security forces will retaliate, will start cracking down on refugees looking for these bad guys and they started beating everyone because there was an explosion that targeted the police car and some police were hurt and they started beating everyone and we were running around and I remember running with other young people and, and, and because they were targeting young people because they thought they, they, that they're the ones who have done the attack and so we ran and ran and ran and 
came to the outside of the outskirts of the camp and we realized where would you go next because from here you either go to the border to Somalia or on this side to the Kenyan side and there's this police checkpoint and it dawned on me that even if your life is in danger and you're attacked and you're running from something in the dab there's no escape in Somalia we escaped the conflict the dab was our escape something happened in the dab that day I felt that you're not even safe, even in the refugee camp. And it just comes back to the idea of freedom and having the, the ability to leave whenever you feel like, not just when you're threatened, but even when you want to change environment and look for opportunities and, um, and, and try to, you know, explore the world and, 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 and see what, what life in store, has in store for you. When someone calls me a refugee, it deprives my sense of identity. It makes me really feel inferior because of all the trauma that I have had from childhood, from staying in a camp, from not being allowed to move, you know. And, and because of the, you know, the dependency on aid, you feel like you are missing, uh, you don't have anything like you 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 just feel it, it empties you of the pride that you have and, and, and the abilities and, and it makes you feel like you're homeless so that is why whenever i come across people referring to me as a refugee and not just referring to me as like a, a, as a refugee in general but when you know you 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 just ask to identify yourself as a refugee and when someone puts it in your mouth like I've experienced before like someone wanted me to say the word and repeat it like I'm a refugee it makes me really really like angry it takes the you know sense of humanity from me so that is why I don't like the word the way people use it and I would never want other people to use it The dab is not just this sad and gloomy part where I my life was disrupted. The dab is also home for me. One thing that I always am grateful about coming to the dab is because I look at it from what if I stayed in Somalia? What if I never came to the dab? What if we never fled? because I know that there are many young children who are at my age at that time when I was fleeing, who stayed there and ended up joining the militia, ended up dying in the crossfire, or even those who were lucky enough to be alive, I feel like they didn't have the opportunity to get free education, free healthcare, and and they lost a lot of opportunities that I found on the other side of the border. That is why I think because of the communities that I found in the Dar, because of the education that I got, and because of the circumstance that I found myself in, 
and the motivation that I got from by thinking of this life, how would you escape, what would you do? And 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 the the fact that I started to practically experience what conflict is, what fleeing is, what displacement is, you know, I, I, I regard the DAP as a university for me because it's this transnational um, setting where you find people from all over the region and you see all these NGOs from all over the world and you get to practical experience all the, how the world works, the geopolitics, the the, the, the United Nations, the, the, the Security Council, the, the, the displacement and all of this. And, and it, it built me and it made me stronger. It made me who I am and the, 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 the career that I've chosen, the journalism, the advocacy in me, the rebel in me that wants to speak up for the people. All this came from the fact that I was in displacement. So from that sense, I feel like I, 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 I that's why I hold the dub dearly in my heart and, 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 and I still uh, love the place and the people not because of the uh, of the refugee situation but because of the community because of the people and the the human side of it that's what i i really really um, um hold dear well uh, my dad um passed away in kismayo when while I was very young, um, I can't even remember my age. It was, I don't know, about four or five, but I didn't, uh, I didn't have the opportunity to have um, seen him while I was older. And he, he wasn't killed, he died, and he was buried in Kismayo, in, in where I was born. My mom has been with us for a long time after he died. She's the one who um, have um, managed to take us out of the conflict in Kismayo. And she, like all the other Somali mothers who lost their husbands in the conflict or even um, died, uh, she took us to the Dab and my mother is everything to me she was the father she was the mother she played all these roles and she 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 worked so hard to give us opportunities that she didn't have she would stay hungry to make sure that we are we have enough food in our stomach she will do everything even the ghost she would go the extra mile to make sure that we're safe she will put her life on the line to make sure that we get everything that we wanted. And because of her strength, because of her um, determination, and I, I think is where is why we why I am who I am today. So um, and we lived together with mom, siblings in in the dub until she also passed away in 2012. And she she's now buried. Uh, she was buried in Nairobi. Hablo wera geli kara, hablo gela diin kara, hablo gesi dili kara, gobanima hanan kara, hablo talada goin kara, 
garta madal kaniqi kara. Garashadana isagamida. Quruhdana kawada goba. Gestena muye. Gayi kalay majogan. Mohamed Ibrahim Warsame Hadrawi. Mohamed Ibrahim Warsame, known as Hadrawi. He is the most remarkable and the most highly respected Somali poet of all time. And he's talking about the strength, the resilience, the, 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 he's describing what the Somali women stand for and how strong they are. And, and he's giving reference to how they protect the camel because Somalis are nomads and they keep camels. And he's saying the way they like they can how they can protect the the camel how they can even settle disputes you know this reminds me about the way Somali uh, the way we talk about the Somalis and I always see the Somali society being patriarchal yes it is but at the same time he's talking about Somali women sitting with 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 the elders to to settle disputes and he's saying in this poem they can do uh, defend the country defend their uh, uh, livestock their camels they can also sit and settle disputes and he's saying they're also beautiful and he's saying they're, they're, they're intelligent and smart and he concludes by saying all these qualities the women that have you can only find them in the Horn of Africa so I love this poem because it reminds me of the strength of the Somali women, the strength of my mom, who possesses all these qualities that he, he just read and he just mentioned. When the first time I went back to Somalia was when I got a job in Mogadishu, the capital city that I've never seen. And it was a breakthrough for me. It was wild. I, I couldn't imagine going back to Somalia and not just Somalia, but going back to the capital city. So it was in 2013, I was this um, uh, desperate refugee, even though I don't like the word refugee in a camp. And I got the chance to go back to Somalia and to work with the government. So. It was a um, difficult decision because I knew that I was putting my life at risk. So I decided at whatever cost to go back. And I had other friends from the DAB who went there before me and who were working in Mogadishu at the time. And they told me, I know they told me that it was scary and they, they, they would understand my fears, but they are there and they know they've experienced it. It would be different. So I went there. And it, it was totally different from what I thought because I relied on the news and it was always uh, explosions and killings. But when I went there, life was, uh, was different. People were doing all sorts of businesses. They were just living life like in Nairobi, like in, other, in any other city. Of course, there was um, explosions and targeted killings here and there. There was the battle between the government and Al-Shabaab, but the people, the ordinary citizens were living their lives. There were, there was constructions going on. And, and it was, I had a mixed feeling, the fear of the unknown, the uncertainty, the fact that you are in a lawless 
place where everyone is carrying a gun you don't know who is who uh, the terrorist groups would would wear the government uniform to attack a government building and the government has also the the uniform to protect you so they all look the same to me and and and, I, and, and then after i settled in slowly i got i found my friends and started working and then i i, I felt uh, relieved to go to little beach for example that's something that i would never forget the first day i went to the beach little beach it's like it's i don't know little beach is 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 what, what you would hear every somali will tell you about little beach because even those who have not gone to somalia they know little beach because it's this massive beach and as you would appreciate somalia has the largest or the longest coastline in africa and you would imagine this big beach and beautiful and the reflection of the blue sky and the the the, the, the water and that also tells you something about the blue flag that we have that has the um, star in the center Somalia y tosoy, tosoy skutir sadaye, at bekina tagdarane, tagera waligine. Somalia y tosoy, tosoy skutir sadaye, at bekina tagdarane, tagera waligine. So this is the Somali national anthem. The first few lines that you would hear every Somali would sing in chorus. If you are just passing the road and you see Somali and you just say Somali, immediately he will pick up and say the second few lines. So it means it's a wake up call for the Somalis. So it means Somalis wake up, wake up and support each other. It encourages people to be united to support each other, not just each other, but to it specifically emphasizes to support the weaker ones, those who are weaker, those who need your help. So what I love about this song is because it's always reminds me of my country, my sense of nationhood, the, the sense of nation and, and and it's always uh, a wake-up call. Like whenever, even within the regional governments, within different clans, when they are fighting, and one of them sings the national anthem, it it is, it symbolizes unity. It reminds, it unites them, and they will sing together in chorus. Going back to the, to Somalia, working there, uh, despite all the conflicts and the the the, the violence, I realized again it was too much for me because there was um, threats particularly against journalists and i felt i wanted to leave um, and then i moved to the united kingdom where i currently live in london i got asylum here 
and I've been living in London for the past five years, for over five years now. So when I came to the United Kingdom, life wasn't easy, but I had a mission. I wanted to take, uh, to use the opportunity to get, to further my skills and my education. So my higher education was disrupted in Kenya because of my status and because I didn't have enough money to fund my university. But when I came here and I applied for different universities, I, I got a lot of rejection. But one of these universities got back to me. It's the Kingston University in London. It's one of the best universities in journalism. The Faculty of Journalism in London, they are the best. So they got back to me and because they were impressed with my already published work and they told me, this is what we're training for. You applied for a journalism course, but you've already got all these publications in different uh, internationally recognized institutions and media organizations. And this is what we're training people for. In that case, they said, we would give you the opportunity to pursue a master's. And it was a dream come true for me. I wasn't even expecting to do master's because they said they interviewed me. I did the, the English test as a foreign student and the bar was high. I, I, I managed to get the score. Uh, they did all this written tests, oral, and they reviewed all my CVs and application. And they've realized the experience that I have had partly because of my work in Somalia, in the DAB, because of, again, my um, uh, determination and, 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 I, and, and, and I proved. So they said, you can do master's. And I applied for loans. I got the, the, the master's course and I did and I graduated. And, and, and while I was doing the course, I was writing about the stories that I loved and, and I was using that as my coursework and it was helping me in both ways. So it was amazing. So I, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, and, 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 and I've realized how much I didn't know about the world of journalism. And, 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 and I've realized, you know, what, what I was missing. And, and it just dawned on me that, uh, that I really wanted this academic qualifications to get some of the things that I, I used to miss out. Because there are many times I applied for opportunities but because I didn't have the certificate, even though I showed the skills and the, the, the experience, they wanted something else, qualifications from an institution certificate. So I got the certificate. It boosted my confidence and my opportunities. And, and now I'm master's holder in journalism and life. Yeah, journey continues. <laughs> My dreams for Somalia is to have a united Somalia a Somalia that is um, not only thriving in itself, but also taking part in the 
in the in 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 bringing peace to other parts of uh, conflicts in Africa, Somalia that is, you know, exporting bananas that we were known to, and Somalia that is um, competing internationally in sports, in 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 trade, in because we are known for business. So we, uh, my hope is just to see Somalia realizing its potential because I know we have a lot of potential. We have a um, rich country with mineral resources, with um, from the sea to the land. We have all this great wealth that we believe that we can, if we tap into, would give us prosperity and not just for the Somalis, for the region and, 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 and in Africa. And, and I hope um, that dream would come true one day and we slowly realizing it. M20 Humanity Podcast, bringing you stories of African trailblazers.